0: Welcome back to the Tomahawk. I'm Mike. This is Matt, and we're gonna break down the Tampa series. Uh, th- we had three game series this time. To my it was a delightful surprise. I thought it was just gonna be two games. So it was three games. We're gonna break down these three games. Uh, Bre- Brent Seabrook retired. That news came out a couple days ago, which was huge, and I'm kind of glad for him and his family because he's been dealing with some serious uh, health issues with uh, both both hips. And a back a sh- a shoulder surgery and now he's having back issues and you know for someone who gave so much to the organization you don't really want to uh, see a guy getting carried off on a cart you know so the first three uh, three games we got first game Hawks lost with 0.1 seconds left in overtime three to two they won the second game four to three and then lost the third game six to three <laughs> Matt, I thought. All three games were great, um, except for the last part of the third game. Um, they were really, really tight. I was really I thought it was a pleasant surprise to see these guys um, not fold against the champs. you know a lot of guys you see them playing well, a lot of teams you see them playing well, then they go up against a really good team, and then they look like a junior team. you know these guys, they came yeah. out and they played them hard, man. Uh, what do you think of the let's start with the first game?
1: Yeah, like uh, Sharpie said in his uh, broadcasting debut, the compete level was there every game, and that's all you can ask for against uh, Stanley Cup champions. And we were a team that was overlooked, overlooked by a lot of us, including this schmuck that's talking right now. And uh, I thought, you know, getting, getting a point, uh, well, we got three points against them, in this uh, three game stand and that, I mean, that's all you can ask for. We got a point a game if you think about it. And the first game, uh, just a, it was a heartbreaking loss. Who knows if it got to a shootout, what could have happened? You never know, but 0.1 or 0.2 headman. I thought, uh, Caner might, could have got a stick, uh, to prevent that shot, but, I mean, when you when the guy's getting two points a game and being a heart trophy, uh, my heart trophy pick, it's hard to blame a guy like that that first game because he was great, and Lincoln also, you know, kept us in the game as well.
0: You know, it's really interesting, man, because Keener is a, I believe, a heart trophy candidate considering the surrounding the surrounding uh, cast that he has. Now, I'm not putting down the team, okay, because Dabrinkit is, is a very, uh, very good player. And I think he's a very underrated player defensively. Um, But uh, Kane is 100% leading from the front. I don't think that there's really any other teams out there that is doing what Kane is doing right now. Um, If you look at Toronto, you know, uh, Matthews has Mitch Marner and John Tavares. Who's a who is an, a past MVP winner? Um, if you look at uh, Edmonton, you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, and you know they're both absolute monsters. You know, and you have Kane, and it's like he doesn't really have yeah, you know, he doesn't really have the supporting cast that these other players do. Now, I'm not putting them down. I'm just saying that I think that his contributions mean more to his team than maybe uh, everybody else's uh, does. And do you even think that Lankinen could even be put into that, that conversation?
1: Um, yeah, because I think... At if, least for the Vesna, s- Yes, Vesna for sure. Uh, the heart, I don't know. But, I mean, the heart to me is a player, if you took him off the team, how would the team be? Like you said, if Kane was not playing, the Hawks are, are the Rockford Icehawks. With yeah. a couple of good NHL players, that's why a couple of years back when Taylor Hall won, I was so happy because that's what the Hart Trophy is about. It's not about the best guy and uh, the most points. It's about the MVP of this of, of a team, like how important he was. He carried them into the playoffs. He got a lot of points, and they I think they were like they weren't first, but they they kind of made, made their way into the playoffs that year. But if the devils didn't have taylor hall that year they were nothing they weren't a team like that and this is how kane is this year i mean this guy i I don't know his points but i know he he's just on fire he'll get averaging probably two points a game he's money on the power play he's he's even back checking a lot better in previous years he's playing good d and i he's got to be an mvp this year if Usually I know like the the media they're obsessed with Connor McDavid because I mean he's fast he gets a million points but I, you can't give a heart trophy to a guy who's not going to make the playoffs when he's got the second best player in the league on his team as well. Yeah. That's that's just me but Kane like you said he's got DeBrincat who's a good player but he's not drysidele he's Toronto Mitch Mitch Marner and Matthews He's not at that level yet. And Kane, he's by himself. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and, and even if you look at the talents of of Toronto, I mean they've got Marner, they've got uh, they've got Nylander who's, you know, starting to put it back together again. I mean Tavares. You know, these guys are 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 great players. I w- I honestly believe that DeBrinkarts better than than Nylander. But I I I don't think that he's on a on a Mitch Moner level. Mitch Marner's could be a could be a game could be a game changer, you know. And to be honest with you, Mitch Marner is, I think, is is uh, a little bit underrated, uh, probably because John Tavares and Austin Matthews, are, you know, p- play on the team. But I think that he's a great playmaker, man, and he's got a great shot. Um, but I think that DeBrinket is more on, uh, more on that lo- more on that level. You know, maybe debrinkit's more of like a Patrick Lainey. You know, he's a for, for, for goal scorer for a shot, you know, but um, but Patrick Lainey doesn't back check like, like uh, debrinkit does. Um, I think that there's a lot of positives from game one, and the biggest one was and absolutely um, battling Vasilevsky on the other end of the ice. You know, those guys put on a, an absolute show. And to Tampa and to the Blackhawks, I think every single guy left it out there on the ice that night. You know, uh, I think everybody played their heart out and uh, and, and it was, a, it was just a, a great game to watch. Best part is that game poured into game two and it was more of the same. Um, I think all of the guys left it out there on the ice. Great play by both teams. Subban, uh, I think that he had a rough start. But I think that he uh, battled back and he played uh, f- phenomenal after uh, I think after he got that second that second goal that he had. I-, I didn't think that it was a really good one to let by, but he really turned it up after that. He really gamed it out on that one. I thought that he played really well and um, and the Hawks ended up turning that one into a win. Do you have anything that you think really stood out from uh, from game two? Uh,
1: um, Suban. I, it was good to see him battle back and uh that uh last shootout shot i think Stamkos when he stopped that puck he was so fired up yeah and it was he was competing he left it all out there and he just you know it was good to see him the team mobbed him and that's a backup right that's i mean we were kind of hard on him after that detroit uh game yeah because he he wasn't that good he sucked and he he was really good. That other game he played against Columbus, the sh- uh, shutout game, I think he got. Yeah. And it's just if if he can stay consistent like Ray Emery did, he's going to be a great he's going to be a great backup for our team, and hit, maybe he'll steal some uh, maybe he'll get some more starts.
0: That was my actually my very next point was, and I think it's something that has dogged him his entire career so far is his consistency is that he can't he could be lights out one night and then the other night he just can't, he just can't bring it. Do you think that maybe Colin Delia should get a shot to, um, to just to see where he's at?
1: If it didn't happen yet, I I don't think it's going to happen. Maybe they're going to hold on to him because of, in case there's an injury, but uh, you got to stick with, uh, Lankinen, because like he's he's carrying us uh and suban is if he can get it together the consistency like you said i still think he loses his net really easy yeah and he kind of uh i don't know what it is with him it, it seems like he challenges the shooter but he doesn't recover fast enough to get back in position right i guess it's kind of the same thing as losing your net but if he can get that, get that together. And I think he, he's going to be a a great part of this team that's forming. You know what I mean? I think you need a good backup. Every team has a good backup. And I mean, I hope it can be him, but he's just, he's got to get consistent. But I think in this, these next stretches, we got to play Lincoln. And even if there's a back to back, we, we need points. And I know we're in the fourth spot. But don't forget, Dallas is. I think they've only played uh, 15, 16 games. So if we can get points on these guys, we're just making it harder on them, and they can't get it together. They're, I think, they're a five hundred team, and that's our next, uh, our next uh, series. So it's important we we kind of hit them when they're down.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I'm not sure how Jordan or Jamie Ben's doing this year, but. Um... I think that he's definitely might be out on a mission to uh, to do some damage. What do you think that the the Hawks and where they are right now going forward from the from say game 2 going into the from game 2 going into the third game, you know I I don't think that the be the hardest workers in the room it was definitely the was the how do you say the wrong um, strategy to have against a team like Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay's um, not only are they uh, a great team great players and they've got talent from the top all the way down but they're well coached as well going forward I think that there's a very big learning moment that the Hawks need to um, need to realize and see what happened that that coaching goes into, um, goes into these wins as much as um, as much as uh, hard work does. Now I'm not knocking Colleton because I think that he is definitely a a, um, a very big reason why the Hawks are where they are today. I think the team has has definitely bought into his system. I noticed on the penalty kill in Game Two, there was uh, there was less bad communication on the penalty kill guys were rotating in and out guys were picking up people guys were calling guys out to where to go and 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 people were doing it and they weren't getting caught out out of position which was not happening at the beginning of the season and it looks like they're locking down some of the deficiencies that they had at the beginning of the season now in the last game in game three it looked like to be honest with you they didn't know what to do and that's why they ended up losing the game They were up three to nothing they lost six to three. I think that's a coaching loss there and maybe even a leadership issue uh with with why they lost
1: yeah the, you're talking about game three
0: right 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 yeah uh,
1: well I think being uh he, he even said in his uh post game um that we we were we took too many penalties against a very skilled power play and young penalties. He said, he said, meaning guys that are young, like these younger guys, they're taking penalties that they shouldn't. Right. It's not like a, a smart penalty. We kind uh, Connor Murphy. I, I mean, I, I looked at the hit and man, I, I didn't really see why he got a five minute major, but that I think after that hit that, I, I feel like the Hawks lost all like their they like swag, you know? I think they they're playing shorthanded and I don't think uh they could get like the uh our top players the minutes they they needed to be because we were killing penalties. And I did uh Tampa scored 3 power play goals against us that uh last game. I, I I'm pretty sure.
0: Yeah, they did, but they didn't score any on that five-minute major that you that you mentioned, which I think would have been a big moral victory uh, for the team to, to you know to move forward. And actually, uh, Hedman, uh, they killed off three minutes, about two and a half minutes, and then Hedman got a t- uh, got a two-minute penalty, so that kind of knocked off two minutes on there, and it turned it into four on four. But but and I I thought that they could have used that to build some momentum.
1: I. Just exactly. I usually when you, your team is like, wow, man, we just killed a five minute major. Let's go, let's go. It's like, it reminds you of that penalty host it took in 2010 in uh, against Nashville, he's in the mm. box for five minutes and that we killed it off. We actually scored a freaking shorthanded yeah. goal. And I mean, wow. And we went into the momentum. He got out of the penalty box and scores the goal. It's just something like it's insane. But I, I think that I don't know if it's a coaching loss, really. I think I, I think the Hawks just kind of ran out of gas, and I mean, penalty killing all that time, it's 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 going to weigh on you. I, I don't know the penalty minutes, but I mean, giving up three power play goals, kinda, kind of kind of a killer too to your uh, confidence. Like, geez, everything's going in. We can't, We got to stop taking penalties. But, and they know, did it. I, yeah. <laughs> So
0: looking at the Connor Murphy hit, uh, I didn't think that it was it was a, a, he I would say this. I, I don't think that he was deliberately trying to injure the other player. Uh, he didn't leave his he didn't leave his skates when he made contact. He made contact with the chest area first and then um, and then there was contact made to the head. I think the I think he hit his chest and then his head kind of went back from the force uh, of the hit and then, uh, and then he left his skates, but that was just from the hit. It it wasn't that he was lining him up, you know, was it Tom Wilson style um, launching himself into the, into the air, aiming at his head, you know, like a missile.
1: That hit made no sense. Why Tom Wilson would hit, hit a guy like that in the offensive zone makes no sense at all. I I didn't get that one and he deserves to sit, but Murphy, I mean, like, Ronick used to argue with Mike Milbury after a game. You're getting soft. That's what he told Mike Milbury. Like, come on, Murphy hit the guy in the chest. And of course your head is attached to you. He, I don't think he made any head contact on the first impact of the hit. Of course his head jerked back. I, I thought I was like, wow, that was a freaking massive hit. And, I think it just looked violent and the refs like are just trained to put their arms up and say, Oh, it's a penalty. And he didn't get suspended for it. That's another thing. Like, okay. Usually five minute majors lead to suspensions and the league's probably like, you know what? We might've made a mistake on that one. Or the, the officials might've made a mistake. It could have been a two minute, you know, uh, roughing. But I mean, it's, he had the puck and he, Made a good hit. I
0: thought it was a good hit. Yeah, I um, I I thought that it was it was all right. The five minute major, I wasn't too sure about, but I didn't think that he deserved to be suspended over it. Um, and, and even his reputation. You know, we're not talking about a guy who's out there l- l- lay, laying down dirty hits consistently. You know, as a matter of fact, I don't. Yeah, yeah, man don't I don't I don't, <laughs> I don't remember I don't, I don't I don't think I've ever seen Connor Murphy line up a dude and then try and destroy him to be honest with you but um, but he's not suspended yeah he'll be available he'll be available for the Dallas game on Tuesday night um do, is there anything that you want to say about Siebes
1: yeah I'm uh, I'm kind of a little surprised he didn't um, retire at the beginning of the season. Uh, but I give him credit for, you know, he wanted to try. And, you know, hockey players are confident dudes. They wanted to say, I'm going to show everybody I'm good. And uh, he said he was skating for a couple weeks, and he, he said he couldn't even turn, pivot some areas, and that's not not a good sign. But, I mean, I, Guy's a warrior, man. I, I think uh, when his contract's up, they I'm not sure if they could retire his number right away but I think seven should be up in the rafters. I don't think anyone should ever wear it again. Uh, He scored some freaking gigantic playoff goals. OT, Uh, big minutes, a lot of block shots. Uh, My uncle uh, Mark is a season ticket holder. He said, it's his favorite player. He said, Seves was a physical, physical defenseman. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I think he was very underrated offensively, mm-hmm. but he was very responsible in his own zone. Um, I, I'm gonna miss him, but uh, I think that it's a it's time for him to take care of his his body and enjoy his family. And you know what? I'd love to see him in the organization still as like you know like a, a scout or an advisor, whatever job they can get for the guy because. He's probably him and Keith are going to be like, you know, the defenseman that everyone's going to talk about when they're we're talking to our grandkids like, oh, Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. Those guys were huge for us when we won those three cups and uh, a couple gold medals. And he's just I think he was a very underrated defenseman and he's going to be missed
0: yeah it's it's hard to believe you know i'm happy for him you know man because i don't want you, you hate to see hear, see about these guys who gave everything and they have like a you know a shit life after after the game you know and and uh you know like bob probert man when i i think about him man it's it's just it's just unbelievable to to think about you know just uh somebody who gave his all for the game but uh yeah it, it's hard it's hard to see him go it, it's hard to believe that uh, I remember watching these guys come up and and they're reti- they're they're retiring now. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, Keith might be, you know, two or three seasons away from retiring, man. You know, he's still playing g- great right now. But uh, one team that's one team or opponent that's undefeated, that's father time. And sooner or later, uh, he's going to come for Keith. Uh, but I think that definitely number seven should be should be retired and that's that's it's hard man because you know Chelios wore number seven but uh, to, 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 to put it out there he didn't contribute the way uh, the way that Siebs did to to the organization and I definitely think that his sweater should be up there number seven um, but hey you know it's time to move forward you know, as one door closes, another one opens. And I will say this, man, Boquist has been playing much better the past, I would say, three to four games than he has, I would probably say, his entire career. And um, I'm starting to see maybe with the scouts and, and what the team sees in him because uh, he's starting to to turn it around and play much better. And, um, and Mitchell's playing uh, very well, too. Hopefully we can get Bowden back up here, man, because I think that he might be a, a key piece of the team that that needs to be filled. So what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think uh, um, I'm more of a Mitchell fan than yeah. um uh, I'm, I'm actually turning into a, a big Dahan fan. I know he was out last game but um that guy man he's just steady you know he's just he's not flashy get the job done and yeah I think he's a veteran that is I'm not sure how old he is but I think these new guys are going to learn a lot from him playing the defensive style not I think that a lot of these guys are going to learn Keith being you know puck movers you know and being fast and recovering, but I think they can learn a lot from even Connor Murphy protecting your own zone first. And I kind of wish Keith would do that more. Sometimes I feel like he, he gets lost a little bit like he wants to get a point and try to get the offense, go, get the offense going. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I Bowden, like we talked about the last podcast, um, I think there's just so much competition up here right now. And I think it is the smart move to keep him down so he can get the minutes and the reps and all that. Uh, penalty killing, power play. He's going to learn all this. And if we make the playoffs, maybe we'll see him up, which would be a great thing.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that about uh, about Dunks because he does get lost sometimes. But Siebs was always there to kind of... Mask that deficiency, uh, because of his because of his superb defensive awareness, and and that's why it wasn't really much of a problem for Keith to kind of do do his thing. Hopefully, Mitchell and Bolus can have somebody that can be solid back there for them, so that they can use their instincts offensively to um, to really bring their game out.
1: Yeah, I think. I think they're hoping Zdorov is could be that guy. Like a, um, you know, just a steady worry about my own zone. And um, you do your thing. I got your back. You know, like uh, like you said, Keith and Siebes. I had a coach who, uh, he, you know, he put like a, a bigger, not as fast, but very smart defenseman back. And he paired him off with a, an irresponsible speedster. And I think that's what, like, Keith and Seebs, you got stupid but fast (laughs) and smart and slow together, and it mixes great because they're always going to be, you know, taking care of each other. Right. And uh, I think that it it worked out for them. And uh, I I know uh, Jarmelson, when he was here, him and Oduya had great chemistry. They they were just – you know what? We're going to take care of our own zone and we're not letting anyone in. We're blocking shots and we're moving it up to the wingers to break this, these pucks out. And I just think that's, if we could find a pairing that will take chances like Keith and Seeb's, and then we got a solid two, two guys shutting it down. And then, uh, our, uh, fifth and sixth defenseman to just, you know, take minutes in and be responsible and don't make mistakes. Like, uh, roosevelt and whoever it was uh, chemo teaming in or whoever whoever was stepping in that's what we need we need consistency we need smarts and we need some offensive uh, production here and there which we're getting from these kids so it's good
0: yeah man that was a good breakdown do you have anything that you want to add i want to give it to you i want you to do your your two minutes with matt or your five, or your your two minutes in the box with Matt about anything you want to talk about going on in the league or anything.
1: I want to go back to your comment about Mitch Marner. I uh, I think he's the best player on the Leafs, in my opinion. Wow. I I think he Matthews. Yeah, he's gonna score. He's gonna score a lot of goals. But if you don't have Mitch Marner, he, Matthews is just gonna have a hard time getting space and. I watched a game Saturday. I think it was Vancouver versus uh, Toronto. They were not letting Matthews get anything. And Mitch Marner was, if he was creating space for the guy, I just think he's a very, he reminds me of a young Caner. And I think he can get there. He gets tons of points and smart passes, and he could score too. Very underrated player.
0: Yeah, I think th- his passing ability is is pretty underrated. Obviously, he's got good handles, but I think he has really good passing ability too that gets uh, that gets overlooked. But um but hey man, you know, that's pretty much what it is. He um he uh I think he's just solid. He doesn't get talked about a lot uh because of obviously the guys that he plays with, but um what what even what's his contract like?
1: You know what? I think it's close to Matthews' money. Really? I think I think that team they're going to be in big big trouble. Yeah. Very soon. I mean I know they they paid Tavares' I think he's like at 13 yeah. I think. Matthews is at close to 13 and I think Martner's up there too. And I mean, it's it's a lot of money invested in a team that's never won a playoff series.
0: Isn't Nylander Uh, up up in like the eight nine million area?
1: I think he's in the six area, which is fair for a guy like him. I think that's that's what Brandon Saad was making. Sure. And uh, they got a I think they got a solid goalie in Anderson. I thought he could have beat the Hawks that year in fifteen. He was a great goalie. Um, but another thing I wanted to talk about was Buffalo. Mm-hmm. They're terrible. Yep. We have some cap space. What if we made some moves for like a playoff rental guy, a guy with one year in his contract, uh, Taylor Hall? I don't know. Maybe it's um... something. they're terrible. I don't think he's going to resign. I think that was the smartest move by Taylor Hall to do that. Sign a one-year deal. So let's see what Buffalo's got. Clearly they don't have it. I think he can end up on a team like in the playoff hunt and bank next year again. And I think there's a couple players on that team that you could, you know, trade with like Detroit. Like we were talking about Mark Stahl. Yeah. I'd love to see a guy like that here. I I know we got a little cap space and we got some guys 15 million long term IR. I mean, I think we should pull the trigger and,
0: Yeah, man. It did. It took him a long time. You know what and- sucks is that I I uh I um I I'm not a huge on Taylor Hall because uh Taylor Hall will go out and he'll score four goals and then the other team will score four four goals and those four goals that they scored are all when Taylor Hall's on the ice it's because he can't play he can't play defense to save his life um uh, that and, and and here's another thing it's like do we want Taylor Hall and taking off say Brandon Hagel because Hagel or or is is definitely developing and he's definitely got something there. Pius Suter, same thing. He's got an absolute cannon of a wrist shot, man. And I would hate to take him off the ice and him lose lose experience because of because of Taylor Hall. Now, if we're looking for, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess we could use another score. But if there's a way we can run a, you know, maybe a Taylor. Just hypothetically speaking, you know Taylor Hall on the lower line, to try to, to try to uh, open up open up scoring for these lower lines. Then yeah, maybe. But I wouldn't want to sacrifice uh, him. And even Ryan Carpenter, man, you know he's playing really really well, man. And
1: take away from Ryan Carpenter, I think, like you said, we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose a guy like a. I don't even necessarily think it would affect Hagel. I think, dude, right now, Dylan Strom, second-round pick, Taylor Hall, eh, maybe. I mean, sure. I don't – Sure. why Why keep Why keep a guy like Dylan Strom? There's no point right now. He's suitor as – I mean, he's cheaper, and he's producing more than I think Dylan Strom would be right now anyway. Uh, and before he got hurt, we even talked about, wow, we forgot about Dylan Strom. And I mean, I don't I don't even think Buffalo would want him. I mean, he's a guy that can get in return and maybe build off, but that's I think I think the Hawks needs right now maybe a possibly another defenseman like a Mark Stahl. But I think it would be cool to get like if we're going for it, if it's a rental player, I don't think Taylor Hall would hurt. I think he would help, especially Patrick Kane. It's like this is a very skilled top round pick. Guy, Cater could be playing with this guy. And I think it would be awesome. Him and Debrinkat and Taylor Hall, that would be one scary line, especially if you know that Taves isn't coming back this year. I think that would be a great guy to have. And, and he has, doesn't have that much playoff experience, but I, I think he would be an absolute excitement. Like, oh my God, I get to go play with Patrick Kane right now.
0: Yeah, I think he would be pretty excited, but at at the same time, there's a couple issues there. Number one, who's going to play center between Patrick Kane, Taylor Hall, and Alex DeBrincat? You know, and, and and even mentioning that problem that we have because T- Taves, our top three centers are essentially out right now. Who who do we have as centers going into the playoffs? Is there a center that we can pick up going into the playoffs? Do you think that maybe a center and Mark Stahl would be uh, would probably be better a better use of cap space?
1: Well, I think we're going to be getting a guy coming back soon, Kirby Doc. We didn't talk about he's skating today. Uh, I think if he could come back before the playoffs, that would almost be like a huge trade. You know what I mean? And I mean, I would honestly the one player I would like to see here is a Mark stall, but I would not be surprised if Steve Iserman keeps him because he is against that Hawk. When we played him, I, he is the only player on the red wings. I noticed he, like you said, he was skating hard to back check it, breaking up passes, breaking up two on ones, hitting guys. And, uh, I think if we, we were to get a good defenseman like him in the playoffs and, Hey, maybe we can re sign the guy for two years. And I think that would be huge for our younger defenseman.
0: Yeah, that's actually um that's actually a, a big point because I think that he would be remarkable for Ian Mitchell or or bolquist or even Bowden, you know, just to like, hey, watch this, watch this guy watch this guy play, you know, or Mark could be like, hey, look, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna take care of this. Just skate this puck up because you're obviously faster than I am, better at puck handling than I am. You guys skate up the puck. I'm going to handle it back here. Just make sure you skate back, you know. Um, but I, I really think that a really sore spot re- we have right now is um, is the center. I don't think Soderbergh is the answer that we need going into the playoffs.
1: No, I think Bowman was kind of in panic mode when we found out our, our franchise center and uh, our future franchise center were both going to be out for a long period of time and I think uh, Soderberg is was cheap he's big uh, you know he's got some games played he's got some experience he hasn't been bad but you know I don't he's no more than I think the highest level he's going to get on this team would be a third line center and that's about it but he did he has scored some big goals for us that Columbus game he scored late Got us back in it, and we end up we end up stealing the game and winning. Right. But I mean, yeah, like he's not going to be the guy. So, and he's only got a year contract. So I don't think he's going to be back. I think I'm sure Suter is going to have a permanent role next year. The way he's playing, he's deserved it. He's earned it. Uh, but like going back to Stall, your comment about him saying, "Hey, I, like you said, I'm not flashy. I'm not." I'm not a puck handler. I'm not a big goal scorer, but I'll get the job done, and I'm make sure I'll make you look better. That's huge, and I think, I hope Bowman's listening to us, but I doubt it. But I think it would be a, a great a great addition to the team, and we can only hope for the best. I'm not. Do you know when the deadline is?
0: You know what? I haven't even looked into it, but it's it's got to be it's got to be within the next you know month and a month month and a half
1: maybe. I know there, a lot of teams are freaking out about trades, too, because there's all the quarantining crap, and I, it's slowly kind of stopping, though. So, And we're in the same division. We're in the next, what, two states over, at same 45-minute flight away. I mean, I think get on the phone with Iserman. Give him a pick because he's rebuilding. He loves picks. He loves prospects. Throw him one. Let's get a good defenseman. And let's go for a playoff spot. Let's go for it.
0: You know, maybe um, maybe we should do a uh, a podcast on potential trade candidates for the Hawks and send this to Stan and say, hey, we did your, we did your homework for you, man. Uh, make this happen.
1: Exactly. Taylor Hall. Let's give it a C. Let's let's whatever. Like it's up to you. But I, I think I, I think teams are going to go for Taylor Hall because he's got one year left, and I think. Buffalo. I mean, it's it's going to benefit Buffalo too. They're going to get someone. They're going to get the highest bidder. They're going to get prospect. They're probably going to get a pick, a high pick. And you know, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So,
0: yeah. You know what, man? Um, just thinking about it, I think that we really should do a separate podcast about um, about trades. Potential trade candidates and get on the on on the the trade train. If there's anybody out there that wants to see other players or they have ideas for other players that they think would fit on the Hawks, you know, let us know. You know, we'll 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 put something together with you know with with what we get, and 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 shoot us uh, shoot us an email <clears throat> about about what you guys think. Leave us a uh, a comment in the comments. Anybody that you want to see. Uh, or shoot us an email and prieto57 at gmail.com and we'll, we'll we'll put it together or if there's any ideas out there that we can put something together and send it off to stan and and see what he says to try to to get our get our team a- ahead and a- and make a run for yeah our fantasy hawk team and, and put it uh and put it ahead ahead and uh and get our guys uh get our guys to the cup, get a cup run, you know, get a surprise cup win. You know, wouldn't that be crazy with these, with these young, with these young players. But uh, that's all that I've got for you. You got got anything, Matt?
1: No, that's all I got. Uh, Next series, let's go. Let's get Dallas while they're hurting and hold, hold that playoff spot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Dallas Tuesday, Tuesday and Thursday night. Uh, If we can get four points out of these guys, that would be fantastic. Beat them while they're down. And then we'll move on from there. But that's all we got for you guys tonight. This is Mike and Matt. We're out.